All right. I feel well accomplished. I've changed out the screens and everything. Now let's see how much I remember. <laughs> but, uh, so, good morning. Um, <laughs> today's sermon is going to be more towards existing Christians um, than, than seekers and explorers. Though I believe, even if you're not a Christian yourself yet, or you're just looking or seeking out, you will still find something here for you. Because what I'm talking about is that as followers of God, followers of Christ, we often struggle with living out our life, living out that belief into everyday life. And so that's a, that's a concept, I think, regardless of which side you are on following God, that you probably understand and you know, um, and you, you hear it. Um, so that's what our passage is going to take us through here in James. And uh, Tony, I believe you're the one actually reading this one for us on, the, on James. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the words, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Thank you, Tony. All right. So let's start with the prayer, and then we'll on to this. Dear God, thank you for your words. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for how... We can come to you, how we can listen, and how we can learn. We thank you for the way you move us and uh, to act, and that, uh, that you provide not for just eternity, but for our lives here today. Uh, be with these words today, and may they may they make sense in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So there's so much given to us in the Bible that sometimes when we're sharing and like putting together a, like like a sermon. It's challenging to, to get down to maybe just one item to focus on. Because there's so much goodness uh, to, to look at. And I actually struggled with that in prepping this. I had too much. And so I had to keep kind of pulling it down, pulling it down, because it was more than one thing to talk about. And, and, and really, in some ways, I was kind of struggling with the center statement here in, in James around... Do not merely listen to the word, and so you deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Because this is kind of in your face, you know. It's, it's, it's very much, how true are you? How, how, how are you doing with that? And as Christians, we struggle with that. There's times we're better at it, and there's times we're not. But it's going to be, be a lifelong struggle that we're, we're going to be dealing with. It's, it really, some days you have it more to where you can, you can live it out and you can be 
feel, have that, that godly sense about you that, yes, I am being forgiving. Yes, I am patient. And yes, I am caring. And other times, you're, you can just be grumpy. And, uh, or, nope, what about, what about me? And it, and it just comes out where it's, it's, it's more of that sinful nature that's really coming around. Well, James tackles this. He tackles a, a kind of disconnect between your belief and between your actions. And what James is going to do is he wants us to pay very close attention to this um, in the whole book. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole book of James. But in, in this particular section, right before here, in verse 19, he says, take note. Take note of this. And he begins by saying everyone, and then he kind of launches into to what he's saying here. So he's so this is something that's very important. Like he wants to make sure we're listening to. It's kind of like you know in school when you're studying or when you're learning about a new subject, and the teacher says, "Don't forget this; it will be on the exam," or maybe they write it down particularly on the board. That's what he's doing here for us. He's like, pay attention here. This is important. And so now that he's got our attention, what is he telling us? He's telling us we got to do it. That there's there's the word, there's there's what it's doing for you, and then it comes out through you in life. So what do you do? Well, you could follow the Nike phrase and just do it. Um, and that could just be the end of the sermon here, that you got to hear God's word, make your decision, your eternal life has changed, go out and do what it says. Done. Is it that simple? No. There's, there's more to that. Well, I should say, it is that simple in regards to what it takes, but living it out is a struggle. And it's not just a struggle that we experience. Paul talked about this too. He said in Romans 7, 21, So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of sin at work within me. As Christians, this plays out in our own faith. And James goes on to put a very poignant statement on this. He says in James 2:14, "What good is it, brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, "Go in peace, keep warm and well fed." but does nothing about it, about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. I see these as as very similar statements. Because one, we have Paul talking about that struggle. Hmm. Here's the situation. What should I do? And you have that sinful nature, and you have the God nature that's growing in you, that's telling you what and of course, James just puts it right in front of you in, a, in an example in your life. There's this situation in your life. What should you do? 
Well, if you, if you have, if you have said you have faith, then you're going to be living it out. Now it is the struggle. And this is kind of the, the main part of the message. That we don't merely listen to the word and deceive ourselves. We do what it says. Now, as Christians, sometimes we get tied up in semantics around words. Particularly when we start dealing with, I would say we'll put it back in the religion column in regards to faith and in, in our religious circles, sometimes there's a debate about what's going on here with, with Paul and faith and James and faith that we just need to, I'll, I'll spend a little bit of time just kind of clarifying real quick. Because um, a lot of it really is, I feel like we make it more complicated than what it is. Um, on one side of faith, you have an incorrect view that says you have a checklist, you have a set of activities, you do them this way, and this is how you you know God, and this is how you maintain your relationship with God. That got your list. Check, 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 check. Do it. And then on the other extreme, there, there's the view that it doesn't matter what you do. Faith is almost like a just it's like a thought. It's it's not really it's just it's it's not much substance to it. And this is what James is addressing. He's kind of pulling pulling people to to account here in regards to almost like that. You say you are Christian. You say you're following God. And let's do it. Let's get to it. Um, you, in James 2, and in James's blunt words, he says, You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. So the key word here I want to kind of call out is together. That many principles that, uh, that we have for living out in our life, we can't go, we can't understand it by taking it apart of what God put together. No, he's, he, he's built this together on purpose. And we get ourselves in trouble when we try to needle it apart at times. Um, if you, if you have questions on that in regards to faith and works, then we can, we can talk more, more later on. You know, come talk to us and we can kind of, kind of help explain that because there is confusion that goes around that as well. But for now, just think of, he's placed these together and we're talking practical examples. Think of how James is, is showing here back in the, in the verse of, there's someone in need. How are you living it out? All right, so how does salvation fit together with our actions? In verse 21 here in this section, Therefore get rid of all moral fields and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, except the word planted in you, which saves you. He's talking about repentance. He's talking about turning away from that sinful nature. Accepting God has done for us. What God has done for us, it is, it's not something we're, we're achieving. It's something he's done for us. It's through his works that he's done through Jesus. And in Ephesians 2, um, in verse 8, 
it's pretty clear. For it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from from yourselves. It's the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right. So let's go back to the struggle. What does this mean with us? Mean for us right now? What do we do? How do we do this? That last part of our passage in James equates listening to the word and doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm in the right spot. With looking in a mirror. So let's let's read that section again, starting in verse 23, James 1:23. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Did you use a mirror today? Probably. You probably or probably looked at one at some point. Um, what's it do for you? <coughs> Excuse me. You know, it helps, of course, as when you were younger, you learned what you look like. Today, you use it to make sure you're looking, you're looking right. You know, is that hair in the right place or not? Uh, but when we look in a mirror, we also see what God's created. And what he's doing in us. So from day to day, when we follow Jesus, we can take action on the good works which God has made us. So it should be so commonplace as, hey, you look in a mirror and you you know yourself, you know what what you're doing. It's it's that kind of everyday feeling um, that's supposed to come out. So when you look in that mirror... Are you seeing your faith lived out in the world around you? What about in among, among work, among friends, among school? That's what James is challenging us with here. Remember the main part of the message? Do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So how are you doing this past week with living out God's word in your life? If you're struggling, let's talk. Because you know what? All of us struggle with this at points. All of us have good days and bad days on it. Um, if you have questions about grace, about salvation, or how to follow Jesus, let's talk. Because we're among an amazing set of followers here. And we're called to support each other, to be with each other, to just step in alongside each other's lives. That's how you, a part of how you love each other. And we all struggle. So in preparing this sermon, I was wrestling with moving beyond teaching to the head and what we, what we know. Because the challenge was, do it. So I found myself having to think about that in regards to how am, 
as I kind of narrowed down my topic here, it was a challenge to how am I doing it? So even though I was going to talk about it, I had to think about it in my own life. So how do we take this passage and not just hear it, but live it out? So in my own, kind of thinking back through my own weeks, I was having to think of what would I say to someone like that? You know, how would I, how would I share about that? And so I came up with, okay, this is something that I'm doing. Maybe this will be helpful. These are some takeaways I'd like to share. And this is for my own life, for my own, for my own faith, living out God's word. For me, it's first, it means remembering that I am saved by God, by who my God is and who my Savior is. And I see Paul explains this as well. So we had the verse that was talking about this war waging in his soul about his sinful nature. Later on, down there in Romans, he answers how we address that. And he's thankful in Romans 7.25 that it's God who delivers us through Christ, our Lord. That's the truth that we can hang on to. And it's because Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, gives life, has set me free and set you free from that law of sin and death. That's where we get our, our source. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. All right. So, first item, I remember who my God and Savior are, and that I'm a follower of Christ. Second item, I remember what I'm created for. Ephesians 2.10, that last section of it, we read it earlier. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I am God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork. We are prepared for doing these good works. In Philippians, it tells us that for it's God whose work in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. We are not just a meaningless creature, just a, a number in a population, just somebody living here on earth. God has a purpose for each of us. So I remember what I'm created for. And then number three, I can do the small things too. So it's kind of like the question, how do you eat an elephant? Well, it's one bite at a time. You know, don't overwhelm yourself with, here's the amazingness and completeness of God and what he wants to do in, throughout my life and through everyone's life, and then therefore get stuck. No, take a piece of it and live it out. 
And this can be, it's done one day at a time. And remember, you're just showing an outpouring of God's love. So that outpouring could be a cup of tea. It could be stopping and remembering what somebody said and that they, you know, checking in on them. There's all kinds of various ways. It doesn't have to be, hmm, I have somehow, I don't know, rewritten the whole Bible um, in, a new, in, a, in a language to bring it to a new set of people. Yes, that's great too, but that's not necessarily a day-by-day item that takes place. So these small things, saying encouraging words, taking time to listen, these are valuable. These are showing love. These are things that I can do. All right, so now I'm going to end with kind of paraphrasing that last section of uh, verse 25 in my own words. As you look intently into God's words and experience the freedom of salvation for yourself, not stopping there, but continuing to live it out, you're going to be blessed. That's a blessing from, from God. That's what he is, uh, one of his promises to us.